For all the political rancor that we've heard tied up with migrants being bused north, every one of them has a story. 1A producer Avery J.C. Kleinman spoke to a family who navigated a treacherous journey from Ivory Coast in Africa to the United States. They entered the country legally as asylum seekers through Texas. Then in late May of this year, they agreed to board a bus to Washington, D.C. These buses were part of a now more than $12 million plan by Republican Governor Greg Abbott of Texas. According to the state of Texas, busing migrants who arrive at the southern border to so-called sanctuary cities in northern states is meant to provide, quote, much-needed relief to Texas's overwhelmed border communities. Almost 9,000 migrants have been bused since the program began in 2022. I'll let Avery take it from here. This is Salimata. My name is Salimata Bakayuku, and I am 22 years old. Salimata spoke to us in French, so you're hearing the voice of Denise Bonilla Shawi, who interpreted her words for us. The reason we left our country was because of violence. People wanted to kill us. Salimata and her family, her husband Musa and her baby son Ibrahim, left Ivory Coast and arrived in Brazil in May 2021. The baby was only a month and a half year old. Earlier this year, they made the months-long journey to the U.S.-Mexico border. Well, it was not easy. The most treacherous part was through the Darien Gap, a roadless, dangerous stretch of jungle between Colombia and Panama. We spent seven days. There was rain. We didn't have anything to eat. There was so much rain and so much mud that we couldn't walk. It was very difficult to walk. We lost a lot of our luggage or a lot of our our things. We left our country with a lot of things and we lost them during this time in the forest. It was so difficult. When I I think about that time, I I can't sleep. I thought that I was going to die. I I wanted to die. I thought that I was going to go crazy in the forest. When Salimata and her family finally made it to the United States, they entered Texas legally as asylum seekers. We spent one night in a shelter, and the next day we were put on the bus. That's where Salimata and her family met Sue. My name is Sue Kenny Falzer, and I'm 51 years old. I was volunteering with the Migrant Solidarity Mutual Aid Network in Washington, D.C. on a day in late May, welcoming the, the buses that were arriving. And I saw Salimata, Musa, and Ibrahim when they got off the bus. I noticed them right away because Ibrahim was is an adorable little baby, and I love babies. <laughs> and later that day, I got a text from someone else in the in the volunteer group asking if I still had a spare room and how many people I could take. And so Salimata and Musa came that night. In the beginning when I arrived, because of everything that we had experienced, I felt bizarre. But after arriving at Sue's and and everything she has done for us, she treated us like her own children, I felt better. They ended up staying with me and my husband for 11 weeks, um, basically the whole summer. Uh, I, I had a friend who spoke French that would, meet with us and come over and help when we needed to have long conversations because my husband and I don't speak French. When we were with Sue, she treated us like her children. The baby had nothing and she got him clothes as well. Sue to us was love and happiness. I loved having them there and and I loved being a, a sort of adoptive grandmother to the baby. She gave us clothing, food. She even washed the baby because he was really small, and she even put um, pomade on him. I wanted to give them some some experiences that they've never had before, and so I thought 
about taking them to see a movie, even though they don't speak English, although Musa speaks some a little bit of English, but um, I had the idea of taking them to a movie. And at first they were like, no, no, you know, they had never been. And they're like, no, it's okay. Then I, I, I convinced them to, to go. And my husband stayed home and, and watched the baby. And they loved the movie. Nope. The Jordan, Jordan Peele. It's a very, because it's a very visual movie. I think, you know, uh, there, there's not, it's not very dialogue heavy. So that helped. Afterwards, they were just like all smiles. And Musa, with his little bit of English, said, let's go to the cinema every day. <laughs> he was, he just loved it so much. He said, every day we go. I remember going to the movies with Sushi, really treated us like we were her children. Now that I'm in New York, when I when I have something difficult to do or that's very difficult, sometimes I cry because I don't have her next to me um, to help me. Sue had long held plans to move to San Diego at the end of the summer for work. So after 11 weeks living at Sue's place, Salimata and her family moved to New York City. I get emotional. We did go grow very, very close. And I wish we could have stayed together, but them coming with us to San Diego just wasn't really an option. I feel bad every day that they're struggling in New York, and I wish I could help them more. Sue started a GoFundMe for Salimata and her family and raised $3,400 for them to use on rent. She found a place for them in the Bronx and helped them move in. But after paying the landlord, things went south. He's not a, a nice man, and he started being belligerent from the beginning. Um, I paid him a security deposit plus two months rent in advance, $3,600. And he ended up kicking them out the very next day. Luckily, I was still with them. But there were lots of incidents where he kept yelling at us. And then he came home one day and just started screaming, get the F out of my apartment to to us as well as the other renter um, that was staying with him. So we packed up and left. And he's refused to give us the money back. So you know, it's $3,600 they could be using right now to live with. Instead, they're in a homeless shelter. And so I feel really bad that all of that happened. You know, I tried I tried my best to to help them. And this, this guy just took advantage of them. It's very tiring because I can't prepare meals at the shelter. And the shelter food I'm unable to eat. So it's, it's, it's very frustrating that, you know, they, they have to be in a homeless shelter. And Salimata texts me all the time that, you know, that she's struggling and that they can't, she can't cook. And so, and, and it's so very expensive for them to have to go out and buy all their food. And when the, the baby was sick and asking me what to do, and I do my best to help them from here, but it's very hard to try to figure out what resources are available to them. Sue is also working pro bono as the family's immigration attorney, helping them with their asylum case. They're legally allowed to work six months after filing their applications, but because of backlogs and delays, she hasn't heard anything from the government about the family's case. Asylum seekers coming from the border are human beings that just need help. And I'm happy I was able to be that for Salimata and Musa and Ibrahim. And I'm going to remain in their lives, my husband and I. Um, we're always going to be family. And I encourage more people to <clears throat> see how they can help. Salimata's husband, Musa, weighed in at the end of the conversation. We would feel such joy if we were able to work. A man should work. And we need the papers to be able to work. I don't think the immigration process is bad. It doesn't bother me. It's just that I need to work for my family. I need to work. 
the U.S. government still doesn't have records of the family's application online, even though they filed for asylum months ago. So they continue to wait. That was 1A producer Avery J.C. Kleinman. She spoke to a family from Ivory Coast in Africa and to Sue Kenny Falzer, who hosted the family when they arrived in Washington, D.C. in May. This program comes to you from WAMU, part of American University in Washington, distributed by NPR. I'm Jen White. Thanks for listening. Let's talk more soon. This is 1A.